You may have a seat. Stand back up. No, I'm just kidding. Didn't say Simon Says, right? All right. Um, as Jenny mentioned, we're, we are glad if you're a guest or visitor, we're, we welcome you here. I'm going to talk to those of you who consider Celebrate Your Church, although this is welcome to anybody. Just I want to remind us just for a couple more weeks what we're doing with a Prayer Builders Initiative. We are encouraging people to pray here on site, and uh, to commit to be a prayer builder would mean that you're going to commit to do it for five, or maybe if you haven't yet, you're thinking more like four and a half or four if you're just getting started now, but it's not too late, I guess is what I want to say, to just say four or five hours for the next um, eight, nine weeks, it, it goes right up to the week before Thanksgiving, where we're encouraging you at some different point to come and pray so that it would add up to at least four or five hours. Um, so... Just to, again to remind you, we've got this, this kind of a guide over by the load-bearing wall column. Somebody was helping me out because I had so much trouble calling the pillar thing, whatever. But I did much better this week. Um, we have a prayer builder's spot there where it's got, here's the information for how you would show up, when you would show up, or how you would sign up. Um, and to sign in and out. So that's there in detail. But really, the building's open from 6 a.m. to noon, Sunday through, through Thursday. We have a security system. So if you want to sign up to come in at times other than that, earlier, later, or on Friday or Saturday, you can just let us know. You can email Camille at CelebrateChurch.com or you can uh, contact the church office and we can get you access through your phone to get in. Um, you can sign up for the prayer room, which is over by by that fancy pillar, um, and then you would have your own spot to pray in. Uh, you can reserve that for, for whatever times through our, our website or through a, a code that's, that's here. So just want to encourage you to consider that. Upper room is on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock where there's live worship. Um, just consider coming and building prayer uh, here at our church by coming when it works for you. One of the things we're really trying to communicate is that the, the building is access. There's access for you. So we're going to use the building for other things. And there's going to be times when the building's locked up. But when you want to come, especially if you want to come pray, then we want to make that available to you. All right. With that, I'm going to introduce Larissa Van Donsler to come up. Did I say that right? You do, every time. Every time. I feel like I say it different every time. But it's right every time. I like to know that. Okay. So anyway, Larissa, Larissa served on our elder board since I've been here two terms. That, you know, there was a break in there, but for six years. So lots of ways that she's been involved in Celebrate and in the community. And she's going to read scripture and pray for us before the message today. And we're still friends. We are still friends. We're on the school board together. It's amazing that we're still friends. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. It's amazing. Yeah, I, never mind. Close mic. Anywho, Luke. <laughs> so um, I'm going to read today from Luke 5, 17 through 26, which I was really excited when you asked me to read this because it's one of my, my most favorite stories from the Bible. So one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. 
the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew that they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Will you pray with me? So, Father, uh, we praise you. We praise you because you know us so well. We praise you because you are the miracle worker. So today, Lord, I pray that you just stir in our hearts, that you increase our faith where our faith needs increased, and that you show us remarkable things. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So we are in a series called People of Presence. And we just started this series last week, and what we're doing is on one week we're going to talk about intimacy or getting close to God, and then on the next week we'll talk about intercession or praying for others. And so last week, as we talked about what does it mean, how do you, what does intimacy mean, Camille shared with us that intimacy is in relationship, getting closer in, rela- in relationship, and it builds over time. And so we talked about Talking with God is one of the ways that we stay connected with Jesus, that we get close to Jesus, and thinking about him. Just the act of thinking about him and thinking about his love for us is a way that we can reconnect with him. So trying to do that often instead of seldom, is those are a couple of ways that we can grow in intimacy, that we can grow in our relationship with, with Jesus and be close to him. Now this week, we're going to use this story to talk about praying for others. And uh, I think I, I shared on this story within the last year, I might be making some of the, the same, same points, but really the focus is going to be on what does this story say to us about uh, praying for others? So if, Jacob, if you can bring up verse 19 for me, when they, so I should say this, Jesus has been doing some cool stuff, so much cool stuff that the word's gotten out and people are showing up. Some people are showing up and they're very excited that Jesus is doing the things he's doing, that, that God is being shown in the way he is. And some people are showing up and they are not excited. They are, they are unhappy. They don't like the way Jesus is doing things. They don't like the way that God is showing up. So there's a big group of people around and there's these, this little group of people who has a friend who's paralyzed and they want to get him to Jesus. So uh, verse 19 They get to the house where Jesus is. So many people, they can't get in. When they could not find a way to do this, to get this person to Jesus, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. So they're trying to get him to Jesus, and then they can't. Now, I want to suggest that praying for others is bringing people to Jesus. It's bringing people right in front of Jesus. That's what we do when we pray for other people. And just like this story, it's not always like we bring him to Jesus. Okay, I've got this mind. I care about this person. I'm going to bring him to Jesus. And then something happens. That's not how how it always works. 
Sometimes there's delays. Sometimes there's distractions. Sometimes there's barriers. And so it's not a smooth path. It, sometimes Jesus answers right away. You could see like God has done something right away. And sometimes he doesn't for a long time. But these people try to bring someone um, to Jesus and they don't give up. They go up on a roof. They open the roof. I'm sure stuff fell out of the roof. The tiles, as they're moving stuff around, they lower it, but they get this person right in front of Jesus. Why? Because they know what they want for this person who they love and they like, what they want for them, they can't do themselves. But they think Jesus can do it. So, now, go into the next, next verse. When Jesus saw, what's his response when someone is brought right to him? When he saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. We don't know, did this man, was he part of it? Was it against his will? Was he like, well, I don't care, I don't have anything else? Or was he really into it? Was he joining him? All we know is that Jesus saw their faith and he responded to that person. Because they brought him to, him, to Jesus, Jesus it's bless this person. When we bring someone to Jesus, what we're doing is saying, we can't do things for this person or the things we want done for this person. We can't just do it by ourselves. We need the help of God, and so we are going to bring him to you. And what this says is when God sees us bringing someone to Jesus, he will respond to us even if the person isn't looking to come to Jesus, even if the person has given up on Jesus. Even if the person says, I've already tried, I'm stuck, I'm paralyzed, I can't do anything. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. If he sees our faith, he will respond. So we should pray and not give up. Look, a lot of us have prayed for like one or two things, a lot, that didn't happen. And so then we're like, eh. But there's twists and turns in the life of prayer. There's twists and turns in the mystery of God. And so if I pray for one person's healing and don't see it, then I just kind of walk away. If I pray that one person will fall in love with me and they don't, well, I guess if I, my money situation is, uh, I think it's like a Jewish thing where the Jewish guy is talking to God and he says something to God like, God, I think it's, you know, it says that, that for you, a thousand years is like one second. God says, that, that is right. And for you, a million dollars is like one penny. And God says, yeah, that's right. He says, God, could you give me a penny? <laughs> and God says, yeah, you bet. Just give me one second. <laughs> All right, so... But that's how it feels to us a lot of times. Like God's sense of timing is very different than our own sense of timing, right? It, it doesn't seem like something's happened and so we give up and, and because we have focused on one thing in prayer, we forget about everything else and don't think that our prayers really matter. But when we bring someone else who might not even be looking for Jesus, who might have given up on Jesus, he will respond. But if I were these guys, I'd be frustrated. I don't think that they did all this effort to bring this person to Jesus so that he could stay paralyzed. But Jesus' response is, friend, your sins are forgiven. What Jesus gives is forgiving this person, is calling this person a friend. 
that's not where it's almost like he wasn't even going to heal him but then because these religious people who don't like him are, are saying he can't he can't forgive sins he's just a human being he can't forgive sins he's like wow just i mean i guess so that you'll know that i can forgive sins i'll, I'll say get up and walk and he'll walk like he might not have done that otherwise so something else I take away from this is that Jesus knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for the people that we care about the most, and he will respond to that. And what we need more than anything else is forgiveness. What we need more than anything else is forgiveness that will reestablish our connection with God, our relationship with God. That's what we need more than anything else. That's what other people need more than anything else. But I'm guessing that most of us spend a lot of time praying for other people and praying for ourselves, and that is pretty low on the list. What is right toward the top of the list for Jesus, forgiveness of sins, restoring our relationship with God, bringing someone into a relationship with God, bringing an enemy of God's to become a friend of God's. That's number one on Jesus' list or very high on Jesus' list. And we tend to pray about all kinds of secondary matters. Now, God cares about the secondary matters. He really does. He will respond to our prayers about the secondary matters. But what's most important is what's going to happen for eternity. And we need connection with God, restored with God, forgiveness of sins. That is what we need. So are we praying that for ourselves and for other people? Do we really want to see people who are not connected to Jesus become connected to Jesus? I mean, two of the things that, that strike me about this passage about my own life is, one, I spend way more time having anxiety about about people I care about, uh, trying to figure out how to fix situations that I, I, all this time, rather than praying, rather than bringing people to Jesus. I spend an enormous amount of time anxiety, talking to other people where my anxiety is, talking to, but not, not just saying, like, how much time can I keep bringing this person to Jesus? Even if it looks blocked, even if it looks like it doesn't happen right away, it will, I keep going until I bring this person to Jesus until he does something. That's one. But number two is, I'm caring a lot more about other things than about seeing people come to know Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus. And that needs to be top of the list. Now, Jesus is not here in bodily form anymore, like he was when he walked the earth. He is still in bodily form, by the way, but it is a resurrected, glorified body that has ascended into the heavens. Jesus, the human being, he is God, but the human being in his glorified body is in the heavens right now. I don't know how that works, but he is in the heavens as a man with a body. And what is he doing there? He is constantly interceding for us. He is praying for us. He is waiting for us to join him in prayers that, that happen in heaven that can come to earth. That's what he's doing. But also, not only does, is Jesus the man in the heavens, but Jesus' spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is given to those who follow him. And so we can be the people who bring his presence. People who need to see Jesus with skin on, they can see it in us. That's one of the reasons that we're doing prayer builders. We're not doing prayer builders. We do it here at the church, or everything's good at the church, because we like things at the church. We're gathering to, to strengthen each other, to grow it, to encourage each other to pray, so that when we're not at the church, 
we have his presence with us, the Holy Spirit with us. It will not be we in us and through us perfectly, but he will move through us personally and powerfully. The more we seek him, the more we ask, the more we get close to him. So, will we do that? You know, we, we did Cindy Sutton's celebration of life here yesterday. And I was struck as the family talked about the difference Celebrate made in Cindy's life. The difference Celebrate made in Cindy's life. Mike said, and he's here right now, so I'm not talking behind his back unless he's turned around. But Mike said one of the things that struck him was from day one, when they walked in, people treated them like they were important. Because they were. We could see who they were, and, and all kinds of people came. Then Cindy's life got changed at this church. She was afraid to die. She was afraid to die when she started coming here. She was not afraid to die before she got cancer the second time. Because she had come to a relationship in Jesus that was much stronger than before that. So Jesus' presence moving in people here to impact Cindy's life. And Cindy comes to know Jesus. Guess what? Lots of people got to see Jesus and experience Jesus through Cindy then. There was testimonies about how Cindy made a difference in their lives. As Jesus, it, it goes both ways. So Question, are you bringing people to Jesus in prayer? Question, are you willing to be the one who Jesus' presence goes, goes with so that people come to know him? Now, I want to talk specifically about praying for other people. I was thinking about it this week. In my life, how many times have I prayed for someone over time that became a Christian that wasn't before then. And just name, 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 name. From when I was in college, from when I was early in, out, out of college, youth pastor days, family members, people I didn't know very well. You know what I did a lot of time? You know what a lot of those things? I actually wrote it down. I wrote down their name. I said, God, come into this person's life. I don't know if you're in their life a little bit, none, a lot, in terms of how they would see it, but would you, would you become their Savior and Lord and write down their name? And most of the people that I have seen become Christians that I have prayed for, it did not happen in one week. It did not happen in one week. You know what, most, most of the people, I had something like this happen where I would have tears. I don't know where they're coming from. I mean, people think I'm a blabbering mess sometimes because things happen up here that don't, like I am not like this overly emotional person all the time. But I'm telling you, when God moves in my heart to pray for someone so much that, they, that I cry, then I know this person, he's going after him. I might not see it for a year or two, but I, I have seen so many people who have been moved to tears over coming to pray. I see people who are coming here every week now who were not going to church anywhere. And I prayed for them. And it wasn't just me. I remember somebody in my office a few months ago saying, remember when we prayed for this person? 
And now look what this person, how they're, they're leading other people to Jesus. It's like, I took one side of a mat, he took another side of a mat, and we said, we're going to bring people to Jesus and we're going to pray for them. We'll do whatever we can too, but we know what we need is Jesus to forgive their sins, Jesus to bring them to himself. Man, we need that. We need to bring people to Jesus. And so if we can give a little extra time, if we can write it down and stick with it, I wonder what would happen over the course of three months, over the course of this fall, if a group of us say, I want to join you, Jesus, in praying. I want to bring people in front of you. And we should do that for all sorts of reasons, all sorts of reasons. But but specifically, I want to encourage us to do it for people who don't know Jesus and who aren't following him. You know, I'm thinking of one of my best friends from long ago. I prayed for him and I prayed for him and I wasn't the only one we were praying for him. And he came to church like something was happening. And then he stopped. One time, then nothing. Until a few months later. Well, I guess, eh. but I think when we bring people to Jesus, He stays with them. We just keep bringing and keep bringing and keep bringing. One last story, because this is part one. One last story would be the night of prayer builders. And I, I don't have permission to share this, so I'm going to share it carefully, and I don't know the exact sequence. But the night of prayer builders, someone was brought to our attention who was who was being connected to the Night of Prayer Builders, that's all I can say, just to pray for this person who was in a self-destructive mode, wanted nothing to do with God in their life, trouble with addictions, things like that. And that person was prayed for. Last Wednesday night at Upper Room, one week later, there was a testimony. Now, again, I don't know the sequence of events, but this person who was in a not, not good situation, has given up addictions, has went to church, has like massive change. Not all the way there yet, but massive change in one week. And I wonder if that's one of the pictures of what Prayer Builders is about. Where someone who has evil attacking them would be delivered and would come to know Jesus, and would be changed. And what if that gets multiplied by many of us picking up a part of a map for somebody and bringing them right in front of Jesus and saying, Jesus, only you can do something here. We're asking you to do what we know you want to do. So I'm gonna pray now about that, about God, about us joining God in praying for people. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we know your heart is the one who would leave 99 sheep to go find the one. And we want to partner with you. So would you put on our hearts who it is you want us to be praying for? And I pray that it would be a combination of people that we already know and love deeply and already have been praying for, 
But I also pray that you would prompt us to pray for those that we wouldn't think of all by ourselves, but you are at work in their life, and you're looking for partners on the earth to join you. You have all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus. And so we want to pray in your name and in that authority for many people to know and believe that their sins are forgiven, to come into deep relationship with you, to have their eternal destiny set. So even now, even now, bring it to mind. Our prayers will go up in weakness, but we know you will answer in power and strength. Jesus' name. Amen. All right. One other aspect of this story that I want to point out is what were the systems like around a paralyzed person at that time? There were not government programs. There was not ADA. There was not, there was, there was not people coming alongside. In fact, in the religious community, although they encouraged giving alms to the poor, they also said, if you were like that, it's probably because you deserve it. It's probably God's punishment on you. And so you got reinforced not only the physical, but the social and spiritual stigma that would get put on you. That's what the systems were. Those were not the systems that reflected the heart of God, but that were the systems of the day. And Jesus came and disrupted those systems to help people. The first thing he says, friend. The religious people, he's got a friend. We're friends of God. We're the ones he blesses. We're the ones with money. We're the ones with, they were offended. He says, here's my friend right here. Friend. Now, we live in times where we have systems that fight against you know, all of us, but certain people especially get harmed in the systems we have, whether it's the government systems, whether it's uh, family systems or generational systems that get passed on, um, whether it's systems of communities that have less resources or there's less abilities to connect with, of loneliness, but there are systems that make it more challenging for some people. And what I want to do now is I want to invite up a few leaders of ministries that are helping people in a personal way, but also helping people in the midst of, of challenging systems sometimes. So you guys can come up. Celebrate Church has another ministry that we operate out of, well, actually, we have two build. We rent a building and we, and we have a building, and you'll hear a little bit about that with our crosswalk and our outreach ministry. So Bruce Crozier is coming up to represent uh, those ministries. And then also, we have two ministries that we are particularly intentional about partnering with. And they are The Well in Knoxville and Pleasantville Youth Initiative. And so I'm bringing up the leaders of these, these things so that you can be more aware, because sometimes, oftentimes, you can come every week and still not quite know what's happening. So you can be aware of what ministries we're most partnering with and supporting um, and then so we can pray for these ministries today and, and in the week to come. So if you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry, that would be a good way to start. 
All right. Well, I am Jenny. By the way. <laughs> Thanks. Each of, these, each of these people could talk about their ministry for an hour. I have told them to be very, very brief. So if you want more, they will be happy to tell you more. Point taken. Got yes. it. Okay. Just, you know, a very subtle signal that I'm sending. Um, I'm Jenny Koenig, and I'm with Pleasantville Youth Initiative. I also work here, which I love, which is great. Um, I was an awkward teenager. Nobody looks surprised at all. <laughs> Anybody else an awkward teenager? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm good, in good company then. Um, so I was, uh, I was an extra awkward teenager because I was a pastor's kid in the 90s. I wasn't cool like these pastor's kids over here. <laughs> I was, I didn't know the cool music. I was listening to like Michael W. Smith and Carmen and you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I had parents who loved me um, and uh, who loved Jesus. And I was surrounded by mentors all the time in the churches I grew up in. And um, I, even with all of the mentoring I had, I still struggled with uh, insecurities and all the things that teenagers struggle with. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be a teenager and go day, go like through day after day, um, from trench to trench without somebody with a god, a godly voice calling you on. I can't even imagine what that would be like. And that's sort of where Pleasantville Youth Initiative was born. That's our, that's the root of who we are. We we exist to to be that presence for kids in Pleasantville. Um, to mentor them, to be there for them, and that's kind of what we do. And whether that looks like um, throwing a big middle school dance, which we're doing next Friday, so pray for us, um, or feeding them all summer long through our food program, um, yeah, we just love on them, and that's kind of who we are. Carmen also dates you. Kind of yeah. does, but you said, I'm like, we're all kind of old. <laughs> I know. I think you're cool. Thank you. Yeah, I do. So, so I want to talk about the Well Resource Center, which, which we could all identify that our ministries are the coolest ministries ever, but the Well really is the coolest ministry ever. I don't, it's not a competition. We just have such, such a versatile way of serving, serving people, whether that is through our thrift store, which many of you are familiar with because I see you. Thank you. Um, or it is through our WellWorks program, through those social enterprise programs that we have, or it's through the Resource Center, which is what I'm going to talk about today. And that is where we meet people who are really struggling in life. Like, life is hard. We've already talked about that. Systems are hard. And they're really hard for folks who have very limited resources to get through the day. And so what we do is we really want to partner with those systems, partner with each one of you guys um, as we serve people. We want to serve people in, with dignity. We want, uh, we want them to know that, that they are a name, they are truth, and that they are created by the Lord. They're not their stuff that they bring in. And then we want to give them a, 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 a help, uh, yeah, uh, not a handout, but a help up. In that, and so, so that's what we do. We we build relationships. We work on um, stability plans with folks. We want to meet people in transformation, and that's hard work. It's really hard work. Um, but again, folks are created. They're not their junk. They are created, and there's only one creator, right? Amen. Amen. 
So we want to be at the seat, at the table, um, with people as they are transforming their lives, as they're choosing Jesus, and as they're taking the steps to the hard things in life to, to build stability. So they're not in the same cycle that they, they've come to us in. So, really cool. All right. My name is Bruce Crozier, and um, I'm also on staff here, and I've been working with the youth for over 20 years now, so it's kind of crazy. Um, I run the Crosswalk Youth Program. Um, uh, we just work with uh, churched and unchurched kids in the community, um, kind of an outreach program in the community. We just uh, really love on kids well. Um, we come and we have a meal uh, at 5.30, and then we uh, do a, a message and um, yeah, just work with kids. And so that's our Crosswalk Youth Ministry. It meets at 5.30 to 7.30 every Wednesday night. And then uh, my next ministry that I work with is called Crosswalk Sundays. Um, and this ministry, um, we provide a meal every day. And so we have a meal today at noon. And um, people from the community and also people from our church come to that. And so if you go home and eat alone and you need somewhere to go, please come over to the Crosswalk um, it's at 810 West Robinson, in case you don't know where that's at. And um, we have a meal that's uh, a free meal. We have uh, five or six ladies that are awesome cooks. And uh, they make meals for us every week. And then we have a Bible study and, um, and then uh, prayer afterwards. And the neat part about this program that I love is that I don't think they care about the food. They care about the um, Bible study. And they really... People from the community really dig into the Bible. It's really cool. So I really enjoy that with them. And then my third ministry that I, one of my ministries, I guess, other ministries I do is the food bank. Um, and this ministry has exploded since the pandemic. We used to serve about um, 30 people a month. And now we serve um, between 150 to 175 per week. And so we're serving... Uh, we're giving out about 30,000 pounds of food a week, or no, excuse me, a month. And, and so um, I have about 20 volunteers that are there every week that, um, that love the Lord and uh, are there to help every week. So that's what I do. That's great. Yeah. So just, just a couple things I want to throw in. That's households a week. Um, so it's probably it's many more people than that. One of the things that we used to do here is to, once a year, we would keep track and we would pay, help people pay their utility bills or something like that. And we no longer do that because we refer people to the well because the well is able to just say, now, you know, we, paying your, your bill might be like a Band-Aid, but we're going to create a relationship with you that tries to help you move, move forward. We continue to do the food pantry like we've always done it, and the neat thing there is the relationships that are getting built. And some of the people that are coming to Crosswalk Sundays are the people that drive through for food uh, on, the other, on the other days. So, Okay, I'm going to change the order a little bit. How has prayer impacted your ministry? Or how have you seen prayer impact your ministry? I thought you meant order of people. You can. I don't care <laughs> which order, but that question. Um, wow. It's, it's hard to even, as I was thinking about this question as we were preparing, it's hard to even pinpoint how, how much prayer has made a difference in our ministry. I wouldn't be sitting up here talking to you about 
Pleasantville Youth Initiative if it wasn't for people who are praying for our organization. And I, I, when we say pray for an organization, it really means praying for the people who are in charge of it, praying for the volunteers as they go through life struggles. Um, because, you know, there are things that happens, happen in our lives personally that paralyze us to the point where we feel like we can't do the work that God's called us to do. And so I know that just personally when people pray for me and, and pray for my co-founder and pray for all of our leaders, it keeps us going and it keeps us serving. And that's the best thing that you can do for us. So, yeah. I can't imagine doing this without prayer. I can't imagine doing this without a relationship with the Lord. Um, I'm just going to give you a really, really quick story. Um, 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 Eric Goodale is our team lead care coordinator. A couple weeks ago, he was meeting with one of our clients who has had a recurrence of cancer. And with that, um, looking at end of life end-of-life care, he's not going to get treatment, um, and also he has all of these financial pieces that interplay with this. So working on um, what does a stability plan look like, how to support him and love him in these really big decisions. And um, been praying, praying that this cancer actually goes away, that the Lord would heal him. So two weeks ago, they're in a, a client appointment in the resource center and talking through all of these things. Um, the client had been to the doctor recently and um, waiting on results. And so Eric really started praying with, with him in that time. I hope you get a phone call that says you are cancer-free. The client's phone starts ringing. We're in prayer. We ignore it, right? Yeah. Rings again, and it rings again. So he finally answers it. He says, oh, I, I think this is an important call. It was the doctor's office telling him he is cancer-free. <laughs> right? God. That's what God does. And we have so many stories about that. And so now this client has this really close encounter with, with Jesus. He knows Jesus is for him. That's changed conversations a lot. Larissa, can I just say, I've heard you tell um, and other people at the well tell stories about that so often, that people come in with obvious needs about money, but then they, they get met in prayer and they meet with God. It's like what brought them there wasn't there. I'm looking for God, but they find God there. Yeah. It's 100% true. Um, we have had um, in all of our, we've been there three years, we always make it a point. We will pray with people. There's only one person that has denied prayer in three years, and we said, that's okay. We're going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so my prayer ministry, or prayer with my ministry is kind of different. I am, I'm a big believer of praying out loud and talking and saying our prayers out loud. So um, some of my people are very uncomfortable when they first come to ministry because I don't give them an option. Um, we just pray out loud. <laughs> and so um, we, at our food pantry, um, it was kind of slow at first, but um, they one or two words. But now it's like I got to make sure we get in the prayer time right at 11 o'clock because if we don't, we're going to go over. And, and so that it's really neat. It's neat that this community comes together and they pray for each other. We pray for families. Um, and it, it's a really neat community that prays for others. So it's actually an awesome small group. And then uh, for Crosswalk Sundays is really cool because um, we have a lot of people that come from the community that have a lot of burdens. And um, we just meet them where they're at and sit down and pray with them. And, and uh, I know that's why they keep coming back. And so... 
that prayer life is cool. And then the um, crosswalk is, is, is really neat when you pray with unchurched kids, and ch- any, any youth. Um, when the youth pray, it's powerful. And I really, th- I really see a lot of things happen when youth pray, and it, it's really cool to be around. That's great. So um, one of the things just want to make you aware is that um, we give, Celebrate gives 10% roughly, um, usually 10% or more of their income to ministries outside of this church, not, not connected with us. And then depending on what you count, um, like last year I would say we gave more than 10% of what comes into this church goes to the crosswalk and the food pantry and the expenses that are connected to that. So like over 20% of what we, we have come in is, is going for outreach ministry. We still owe $750,000 on this building. You know, we have, we have lots of other things. It's not that we're just swimming in money, but we believe, and leadership has believed for years, that we want to give our first fruits. So just this last week, uh, the, the, for this year's amount for Pleasantville Youth Initiative is $10,000. For the well is $10,000. And so we're, we're supporting these ministries. But we don't want to just give money to them. We want relationship with them. We want they, they will take volunteers um, to be partnered with them, and we want to pray for them. So I'm going to use this as the last question of how can we pray for you, and then we're actually just going to do it um, before we do our closing song. So, um, Well, the first thing you can do when you pray for us is to pray that we would just continue daily to fall in love with Jesus, to be enamored with Jesus so that we can stay, stay in step with him because it's really easy to get off track. Um, so that's our biggest prayer request. But our second one is we are currently um, raising funds to uh, re- or restore a building in town, actually completely rebuild a building in town to have a headquarters for our ministry. Uh, and we're really struggling to, to get the larger grants that we've applied for. We've been denied for usually just one tiny little thing. And um, so we're really praying that God will bring us um, in touch with people who will be moved to donate um, and that we'll see the return on investment as much more than a financial return on investment, but as a spiritual one. Um, yeah, because we just have so much more that we want to do and, and we know that God wants to do. We've acquired the building. We're ready to go. We're ready to break ground, but we just got to raise that money. So that is a huge prayer request for us, that God would bring in that financial resource to help us get started. Yeah, I've got actually a couple of immediate things I'm going to ask for for prayer for. Um, We have two very key open positions within uh, the Knoxville Thrift Store that we would love to see filled. So just praying that the Lord um, sends and then reveals who that is for us. Um, Also, volunteerism. I think there's something all around um, uh, from the pandemic where volunteerism is down um, with with a lot of our um, organizations, Um, and we're running into that as well. So so this next week, we are are launching our programs um, that are uh, six- and ten-week programs. We need meals. And uh, we have some meal signups available if you would love to feed people. That's one of the ways we remove barriers is we're serving people is by feeding them. And it's super fun to eat together. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. that's good. So if you're interested, find me, but be praying for that. Be praying for hearts who are stirred to serve. Um, and also, yes, um, I, I would echo that. Um, donations in, in supporting our programs um, through the, uh, the well ministry. So um, it does cost money. We also want to honor people's times who take that and help, help provide, um, again, barrier removal 
um, for them in that. So. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with Crosswalk. Um, I ask you to pray for my leaders um, that are in the Crosswalk. I also ask that you um, uh, be praying for kids that do not have a youth group to go to, that we are open for anybody that wants to come. Um, and and it's, it's uh, yeah, so just pray for that. Um, for the food bank, I would, I would pray that um, you send us that people with some uh, stronger backs. Uh, we, we've been doing this pretty much for two and a half years, and, it, and we're starting to wear on a lot of people. And so, uh, or send us new people um, to, to help. Also, we'd like to somehow, maybe at some point, have a different building. The building we have right now, we're at the Presbyterian Church, and we have a ramp to go down that's pretty steep up and up and down both, and it kind of wears on us. So um, that's one another prayer for that. Um, what I forget? You did. You did great. You did great, Bruce. And, and I, I just want to. I just want to reinforce what you say. Every week, if it's real feel ninety nine, if it's snowing out, if it's raining out, your folks are in and out of a building, moving stuff, uh, ministering every week for for years. I'm just really grateful. Yeah, we we start at ten a.m. Um, or nine thirty, ten a.m. almost every week because we have to have a load of food and we unload that truck. Uh, prep tables and uh, have a quick lunch and serve people. The other thing I would say, Bruce, just historically, there's been hundreds of teenagers who have gone through that crosswalk building, and the majority of them have not had a church. Many of them do not have good family lives. Parents in prison, parents that just leave them at home while they go truck driving, all kinds of things. And you've been a father figure to many people. So I'm just grateful for, for you and for that ministry. I have one more. I, I do have one more. And I think this speaks for all three of our ministries, not to speak speak for us, but but when you are driving downtown, heading to the store, and you see someone who you would cross the street to stay away from, pray for them. Many of our ministries are, are in the business of serving those living in the margins. We call those the marginalized. That's who Jesus come, came for, yes. right? The unseen. So they may not look like us. They may not look like they fit within our world, but they sure fit in the kingdom. Yes, amen. Okay. Pray for him. Yeah. I just want to say that that's something that the people at the food pantry do real well, is that um, no matter what people smell, look like, or whatever, they treat them just like anybody else, and they're awesome people. That's great. Okay, so here's, what we're gonna, here's how we're going to pray before we cl- do our closing song. Is I would like um, the well... Folks to be over there, down in front by those, in front of those stairs over there, and the Pleasantville Youth Initiative down there, and Crosswalk here. If you are a staff person or a, a volunteer in one of those ministries, we want you to go to those spots. So you guys can go ahead now and start heading there, and, and if you're out there. And then what we're going to do is just take three, four, five minutes to pray for these people. Now, you can sit from where you're at and extend a hand to pray for them. You can come right on up. And put a hand on one of their shoulders and, and pray for them. You can pray silently. We'd love it if more people just prayed aloud. Whether you're standing up close to them and they can hear you or you're just standing there. But just let's just fill this room with prayer for these ministries, for people that these ministries could reach. And let's just give three, four, five minutes to that. So first, before, yes, thank you. Calkins are taking a lead here. That's co-founders Emily 
We're going to have people go to those ministries. I'm going to call on some of you. Peterson's. Come on. Wayne and Sandy. I mean, my goodness. Every week. Every week. I miss it. Yeah. Great. Ah, yeah. I, I would have called on you if I saw you. Good. Beautiful. Okay. Now Matt's just going to play in the background. Please feel free to move around and come and, and pray for these people. Extend a hand from where you are or, or surround them literally by moving toward one of these, praying for one of these sections or go from section to section. Let's just spend the next few minutes praying for them.
about one more minute, one more minute of praying for these ministries. Maybe if you haven't prayed for them all, focus your attention on a different one this time. God, we thank you for these three ministries that we've talked about today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the leaders, the volunteers that are part of these ministries, those that are here and those that are somewhere else this morning. And we pray that you would strengthen them all, you would continue to protect them, you would bless them, you would encourage them, that you would give them more of your presence, that more of your presence would flow through them, that others would see Jesus in, in them and in these ministries. And we pray for the people that you want to reach through these ministries, that you are reaching and the ones that you still want to reach. Lord, would you send your spirit, would you draw people to these ministries at just the right time in just the right way, that they would meet you through these people and through the organizations that they, they run, the services they provide. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you. You may have a seat. You may head back to your seats. And then before our closing song, I just had it in my mind. This is Russ and Rochelle Ward. They run an outreach ministry for race, the racing community, dirt racing community. And I'm, I'm asking Russ if he would pray for all of us in our ability to take Jesus uh, to people. So I'm going to have him pray. If you'd stand to receive this blessing. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, like you said, we're, um, we have a ministry called Dirty St. Outreach. We're pretty much missionaries. We go all over the country uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at racetracks. We was in Knoxville this week and Eldora last week and Portwell, Pennsylvania the week before that. But God has blessed us in ministry. And um, I just want to say ministry is a sacrifice. And when I say ministry, it's not people who just go out like we do, evangelize. It's this body of church. Mm -hmm. It's a sacrifice. These people who we prayed over today are giving of themselves. It's a sacrifice to serve God. But it's an honor to serve God in this capacity. You know, our prayer a lot of time is to, for God to give us his eyes, to give us his heart, to give us his vision. When she spoke earlier, she said, when you see that person across the street that you would, that you would probably step across the street to avoid, to pray for them, we come in contact with those people. And, and I had a recent experience a few years ago of a guy who I would have not given him a second look. He was tattooed everywhere. 
But we loved on him and put a Bible in his hand. And probably three months later, you said, pray. It might not be immediate, but it was months later. I led this gentleman to the Lord, and today he's on fire for God. Still wearing his black, still tattooed up, but he's got a heart for God. And this church, I'm praying that God would use you. You have grown such a great potential here with this racetrack across the street. There's, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The word says that. And I pray that God gives you that vision to see his harvest, not only race weekends, but every day in your jobs and in your lives, that you would have a heart for people, just like God had a heart for us and had a heart for you. I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I believe we could all say that. I'm not perfect by any means. I make mistakes every day. But I've seen God move too many times to not believe that he couldn't touch each and every one of us and touch each and every person that we come in contact with. So my prayer is, and I pray you pray this as well, my wife and I, when we go out and we walk the campgrounds and we talk to people, our prayer before we go out is, God, I know you're at work all around us. Where would you have us meet you today? Can that be your prayer? God, I know you're at work all around us. Where, where can we meet you at today? God's going to put somebody in your path. I pray he gives you courage and strength and boldness through the Holy Spirit to speak. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for this church. God, they have blessed us throughout the years to be able to park our trailers out here, to be able to just set up and plug into the electric, to use their facilities to study in and pray in. Lord, they have been a blessing to our ministry. And God, it just excites my heart and it fills my heart with joy to hear the outreaches that are taking place. Not only the ones that we prayed for the day, but I know there are many, many outlets in this church, God, that uh, are going out and are reaching people and, and touching people's lives. But God, we don't have to stop there. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give this church a fire. God, a fire for ministry, a fire to reach people outside these walls. Because, Lord, we know that Jesus would not just be inside these walls. Very seldom was he in the temple. But, God, he would be out amongst the people. He would be in the campgrounds. He would be at the grocery store. He would be at the car wash. And, God, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be touching people wherever we're at. Like the pastor spoke today of our light shining, Lord, to where people recognize the Holy Spirit through us. God, we want to be those people. I pray, Lord, that people would pray for a fire, a Holy Ghost fire, a Holy Spirit fire to be in their lives. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just overflow each and every one in this room, that they would have an excitement to lead people to Jesus. Lord, the message that was spoken today, let us all not only be mat carriers, God, God, what a great story in the Bible, Lord, to where we can pick up people's mat and we can help them. But God, also friends. It said his friends. God, I want a group of friends like those friends there. I want a group of friends that will walk along beside me and have the same hunger and a thirst and a desire to reach the lost. There's dying and hurting people going to hell. And God, we want to be a part of leading him to you. We want to be a part of lifting their mat and carrying them. We want the heart of God. And Lord, I just pray that over this church. Fill them, God, with your love. Lord, as they go into this prayer initiative, God, give them a heart to pray. 
Give them a heart to seek you. Lord, if they don't have time to sign up to come into the building, Lord, I pray that they just schedule a time at home. Go into their prayer closet. Seek you one-on-one, Lord. Speak to them, Lord. Tell them what you would have them to do and have them to say and the people to reach, Lord. God, I just love the analogy that the pastor give of writing those names down. I'm going to apply that now that analogy to our ministry. And I pray that the people in this congregation watching at home online would take that as well. We all have loved ones who aren't saved. And we want to see them saved. Are we praying for them? Are we writing their names down? Are we lifting them up before the Lord? You know, when you take somebody by the hand and you pray with them, you are leading them into the presence of the Almighty God. And God, we want to lift these people up spiritually lead them into your presence and just cover them with the blood of Jesus. God, we glorify you today. We thank you for the word that was spoken. Thank you for this pastor, the great people of this church. God, for the works they're doing. Honor their sacrifice, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Continue to move in this community, God. Let this church be a light to not only this community, but this entire county, this state, God. Let this church be a light to where people know if they're hurting and lost that they can come and people will love them like you loved us. Thank you again for this opportunity, God. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that this church has blessed us with. God, I just pray that you would go, each and every one of us, fill us with your spirit, give us that hunger, fill us with the Holy Spirit more than we can contain. As always, we ask it all in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. And we say yes and amen that may all that uh, Russ prayed be so for our church, and we pray for them. We just pray that you would fill and refill them. We thank you for their ministry. And we pray that you would give them all that's needed, and you would, you would have many divine appointments where people come into the kingdom. And these people who said yes to you will be your workers, will be your ambassadors. And it would be with grace and wisdom and power pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want prayer after the service, we will have prayer ministers available. Uh, We are going to close with this song, and then you'll, you'll be dismissed.